All right, we are live. RTV Live Talk, midday live stream. Wanted to check in. It's been a while since I've done an actual one-on-one live stream type of uh, live stream. And so I figured I would log on this afternoon, get your guys' thoughts and check in and uh, actually hear some voices. And so today I wanted to actually uh, give you guys a chance to call in and share uh, some things that uh, some things that's on your mind and things, uh, your projections, your thoughts about uh, what's coming. And so the number 4620027, give me a call. I would love to hear your voice. And before I dive in any further, let me make sure I'm streaming so that I'm not just talking to myself. And so looks like we do have a uh, live stream going on here. So I appreciate everybody taking time uh, hanging out with me. Let me check in via chat and then I'll share a couple thoughts and get your analysis on uh, the uh, nightmare uh, on Wall Street from this past week. And will it continue and share with you some uh, other commentators who believe that um, it's just a matter of time before it goes back up and uh, go from there. So let me see who we have tuning in. We have Chris says, happy Sunday, everyone. We got BC Matrix. We have, uh, okay, a lot of activity here. Vice versa. We got uh, Jim Diggs, uh, Tony, Joe, NDA, Rainmaker, Sterling Lee. Love your content, Mike. Appreciate that. And so with that being the case, let's dive right in. So I, I uh, this past week, uh, did a little uh, video yesterday in regards to the estimation of the amount of funds that was transferred out of the hands of savers, investors, retirees, into the hands of those that were shorting, betting, and doing all those uh, technical things to profit off of this current market act activity. And so, um, Hippolito, thanks for thanks for those kind words, my friend. Appreciate you. So with that being the case, uh, got me to thinking about uh, what is this week going to look like? And I figure I would uh, check in with you guys. And actually, I want to hear some voices. Anybody have any thoughts? We have any traders out there, any actual uh, technical folks that are directly in these markets on the active side of things, not uh, the, the passive side, which majority of the population happens to be in. And so this this early midday live stream was uh, spurred on by um, some comments in the chat section in regards to someone mentioning that they checked their, I think it was a Vanguard account and it was down about $2,000. So not sure if those are you know, approximate numbers or whatnot, but I'm thinking like, wow, like clearly those that transfer of wealth out of the hands of those that, you know, contribute to their uh, retirement saving vehicles. Um, definitely, I'd imagine those percentages took a little hit. And so question I wanted to throw out there real quick before we actually dive any further is that <laughs> I, I, I had it. It was I had it in a, in a funny sense, but it more so like, you know, with the current activity underway, do you have more confidence or less confidence in the narrative of buying the dip and holding for the long run. And so you have a lot of financial experts out there and, and you know, thank God for the work they do. But yet I believe that um, it's very challenging. It will be very challenging for me to be in the financial realm, to have a lifestyle built upon sharing information and to providing, providing a service in the form of uh, how to help people plan and prepare for their financial future and still have the same narrative of everything is fine. Don't worry about it. You know, put it here, put it there. However you strategize. And that's why I've enjoyed the privilege of having spoke with a lot of financial advisors over the last couple of weeks and just trying to, you know, get their thoughts on how they're navigating these waters because the waters is very choppy right now. 
and from Raggy, the last person that I interviewed who gave a great metaphor on, you know, this current environment kind of being the equivalent of water. And so the markets are flooded in a sense. The water is going to go somewhere. It's just a matter of if it's going to go towards you or away from you. And so, you know, my personal opinion these days, especially, is that I actually, you know, I'm looking to getting into trading, you know, myself. So I'm got some course take, you know, some courses I'm about to take and some people I'm connecting with. So, um, you know, I, I figured the risk falls on me. Why not take more risk upon myself? So anyway, I'm starting to rant. Forgive me. And so uh, somebody mentioned here about going to Costco and I can't make a run for supplies with asthma. And so let me uh, say, Mike, what's the situation at Eight Mile in Detroit? We're off. <laughs> situation at Eight Mile in Detroit. I actually was just on Eight Mile literally like not long ago. <laughs> Taking Eight Mile because they closed I-75. So, um, yeah, but Eight Mile is pretty busy right now because I-75 is closed until tomorrow. So for those that don't know, I-75 and Eight Mile run perpendicular to each other. And so the question is, the Nightmare on Elm Street, will it continue or will there be a possible correction. So I wanted to share with you an article. And so a good way of predicting um, the opening activity for tomorrow's equity markets, primarily for the NASDAQ, S&P and Dow, Dow, which happen to be the our, our president's leading indicators for the health of this economy. And so for those that had a chance to watch yesterday's video, I shared a tweet about how when everything is fine, the president speaks very favorably of how 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 good of a job he's done and so everyone should be feeling richer in regards to their retirement vehicles and then on the flip side of that you know you'll never hear him say you know you know I, my apologies or you know or, or taking ownership for the correction in these markets and so i thought i would just make it put put together a, a mimicking a tweak that mimics what a president can't say so i think i might end up doing more you know Counter, counter tweets on behalf of our president because he's not able really to speak the truth the way that I am at this current point in the mainstream news. And so let me actually, I'll pull it up exactly so you can see what I see in front of me. And so this is a tweet for those that did not have a chance to see it. Let me share my screen and then I, you'll see what I see. So here's the actual tweet from yesterday <laughs> that I put up. And this was back from January 9th. It says, Stock market at all-time high. How, how are your 401ks doing? 70%, 80%, 90% up? Question mark. Only 50% up? What are you doing wrong? And so now that, say, your 401k might be down 13% according to last week's or last seven days price correction, what are you doing wrong? It will be the question I throw out there. And so it's not necessarily what are you doing wrong, because unless you're a trader, you're actively navigating these waters, you're on the passive side. And if you're on a passive side, that means you're allowing things, you're allowing other people certified, accredited by the same financial institutions that, are whole, that controls all this. But you're, 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 you've abdicated the risk onto other people, creating more counterparty risk between you and your financial future. So it's not necessarily what you're doing wrong. It's the fact that we were never taught what to do right. And so, yeah, uh, we're about to have um, an interesting experience in the next couple of weeks and months because I think uh, we're, we're we're exactly where the financial establishment wants us to be. And reason I say that is because um, if I was to talk comment on the health situation, I can't say the actual word, but you know what I'm talking about. 
My personal opinion is that this is a controlled experiment. And unfortunately, seven point something billion people happens to be the the guinea pigs for this test trial. And so um, I was, was going to do a video to elaborate more on that, but didn't get a chance to do it. So basically what I'm talking about is in the same article I posted yesterday. If you did not have a chance to watch yesterday's video, go click on the link in that video. Read through the very middle part. And it talks about this past Friday in New Hampshire, I think, uh, the Bill Gates. Bill Gates gave a quote. And the quote off the top of my head was about, quote, this current situation has the risk of turning into a pandemic or something like that. Like, you know, he was sharing his, his, his he was sharing his thoughts on what is currently underway. And then my thought was, especially this past weekend or traveling back or whatever on, an air, on in the airport. And I noticed, you know, in, in Detroit Metro airport and was Fort Lauderdale, whatever, you know, I saw about maybe 10, 10 people with wearing masks, two or three people on, you know, on the flights I took. And I'm thinking, like, how many people actually question the narrative of how this this whole health care originated? So we were told it started in a seafood market in a place called Wuhan, China, and it was some bats and da da da. I'm thinking, like, man, people bought that perfectly. Like, that was a great way to spin it, you know, to where now we've told them what happened. Now let's get to the cause and effect. So the cause happened to be some bats with seafood market. Now the effects happen to be the people are being impacted by this and borderline dying and things of that nature they got their first case in nigeria today a first person died in the states in washington yesterday or something like that so the effects are becoming obvious cause and effect now i'm thinking like if the government's really cared or if it was of real importance to to nip this in the bud wouldn't you go back to the people who were talking about the possibilities of something like this happening back in october at an event and I'll actually pull it up on the screen. And so there is no such thing as coincidences. And I'm completely, I'm completely off topic, but it's been around since I had a chance to get before you guys and rant. And so I figure I'll do it now. But here's the event where just the mere conversation topic. So I'm gonna put this on the screen now. Where we at? Where we at? Let me see this. Nope, right here. Yes. Here we go. Event 21, event 201, rather. So just the mere fact that from this conference that was held in October at, you know, sponsored by John Hopkins Center for Healthy Security and partnership with the whatever, whatever, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation hosted event 201, a high level pandemic exercise on October 18th, 2019 in New York City. So here's a picture of some of the people that were a part of this pandemic exercise on October 18th. So a lot of people in alternative media space have already touched on this, but uh, I'll put this in the chat for those that might want to dive in a little further for themselves. But the very fact that there was a, oops, not going in. The very fact that there was a discussion on the possibilities of a pandemic occurring Oh, sometimes sometime in the near future. Then sure enough, in November in a seafood market, you know, something jumps off. So these, these people right here are the are the are the culprits to this whole experiment that this underway. We're the test trial. These people have the vaccines. They have the antidotes. But yet the government now is on a race to find a cure. Oh, really? But anyway, I'm going to I'm gonna let that ride. So I just thought I would share that before I got out to dive in. But my point was more 
the majority don't question the initial story to ever dive in any further to find out what is really going on. And so just the fact that it's public knowledge that event 201 occurred sponsored by Bill and Melinda Gates, knowing that they want to depopulate the earth, knowing that they are the ones that probably have the patent on this bio tool. That means they have to also have the patent to the cure, but yet our governments are racing to find a cure. Yeah. Okay. So forgive me. Uh, yeah, I got beyond myself. It'll never happen again. I don't mean to rant. Okay, so let me check in via chat. Says, do you know what Bill Gates owns the patent on the CE? Okay, yeah. So, D. Robbie. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I was aware of that. I touched on that a little bit. So, my 401k went down 1%. Let me show this. So, this is interesting. My 401k went down 1% this week. I went totally defensive 10 days ago. Totally defensive. Rolf, um, 1%, man. And so, that's enough, obviously, to that caused you to rethink some things and so one of the things i mentioned in the video yesterday is you know just looking ahead and playing out scenarios of what is going to occur using prior nations as examples of what occurs when as i always say when fiscal and monetary policy collide bam your savers the people who do the financially responsible things are caught in the middle of that collision and so you have the response. Only thing governments can do is really do more of what they've already done, which is to borrow and then tax. And the central bank, only thing they can do more, as we're witnessing, cut rates and increase the reserves, which is, i.e., quantitative easing. So anyway, it goes to lose-lose for those that are caught in the middle. And so, you know, one of the biggest things that bothers me, and this is just my personal opinion, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm a monetary advisor. That's my new title. I think that's. I think I should get away, be able to get away with that. But if everything we're told to invest in is denominated in something that is in a part, a part of that collision course, then there will be volatility. There is no way of getting to your financial future if you're tied into something that will collide on you because whatever the monetary policy response will be is denominated in that currency. And then whatever the government is going to do to keep their jobs and to keep power and position will be also denominated in that currency. So currency creation debt creation collision course so whether markets go up or down you're tied into the system that's denominated in your national currency so there is no way this is all me there's no way of getting to your financial goals in a currency that will become the problem so what do you do um you know i yeah you all you all know everyone knows i'm you know i'm not going to go down that road again on what to do uh because i'm not a financial advisor, just a monetary advisor, which means basically educate yourself on monetary history. Go back to what your great great grandparents would have done prior to being put into a financial financialized world where we're encouraged to invest into things that are part of a financial establishment that is not designed for us to really truly benefit from in the long term, given that our governments around the world, especially United States of America, have more debt than they can ever repay back. Therefore, they're going to borrow more to pay that very interest on the debt they have, therefore driving up the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve is in particular causing continuous inflation beyond 2% and you losing future purchasing power. But we have our first call and I promise to open the phone lines up. So let's see what we got here. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello, my name is Tim and I'm from Wisconsin. Tim from Wisconsin. How you doing, my friend? What is on your mind this afternoon? Yep. Go ahead, Tim. 
Uh, I'm watching your show here. Uh, what's going on in the future? I uh, I trade for a living, been doing it full time, and uh, I guess my problem is that one good news is bad news, and bad news is good news, and and with this uh, punch protection team, it's really hard to make a decision, you know. Mm. Yeah. Ah, uh, too now. So too too hard to make a decision as to how to take advantage of the opportunities, and so or or make decisions for actual practical investing. Or can you be a little bit more specific for us? I guess being on the right side of the trade, buying low, selling high. Uh, I uh, right now I trade currencies full time, a forex spot market, and. Uh, I study everything across the whole country, across the world, mm-hmm. and I just—it's really uh, hard to make a decision. With you know, back when I first started, it was a different story, but now it's like it's sort of corrupt now that it, you know, it's really hard to make a, a logical decision. Mm. Interesting, interesting. So yeah, so that, that's interesting hearing that from someone who does trading for a living. So you know, so as I mentioned, I did a video a couple weeks ago about why millennials should rethink retirement. And it has to do with this very concept of, you know, there's no such thing as security anymore. Everything's a risk. Now it's a matter of who you want to pass the risk on to, whether you want someone to do it for you or you want to do it yourself. And without even knowing the details of trading, looking forward to finding out more myself as I study it, study into it. But knowing that anything we do in these current financial markets, the risks are ex- extremely high because we're dealing in currencies that will become a part of the problem as, of your, as you're mentioning. And so, um, you know, my question is like when the markets go down, you know, the technical stuff of putting in, you know, the puts and options and all those things, how are those things going for you? Is, is those as well hard to determine what asset classes might or what sectors might be going down or can, be, can you shine some light on that for me? I'm uh, I'm I'm not a day trader. I'm actually a scalper. I'm in for like thirty minutes to two hours. Oh, I jump in, I jump out for what I'm doing now. Yeah, ninety percent, which is my currency trading. The other ten percent is option equity options trading. So I'm in for that longer. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's really hard to make an, a, a, a decision, you know, with with what with what's going on with this. Uh, good news is bad news. Bad news is good news. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really hard to, it's a lot of psychology, actually, believe it or not. Yeah. All right. So that's the first time I've heard the word scalper in regards to someone that uh, uh, is involved in these markets. So I appreciate you for calling and sharing your thoughts. And so that's that's a perspective there that I didn't think about from a scalper standpoint. So thank you for calling, my friend. Okay, one quick one quick thing. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you said you, uh, you're you looking about uh, learning. Uh, yes. I've, I've read over 70 plus books, takes notes, took notes on notes. And one great book I honestly believe to to read is called Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. Great Tra- book. Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas. I will definitely get my hands on that. I appreciate you, my friend. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. Great call there. I appreciate that feedback. I appreciate that information because as I mentioned, you know, I think at this current moment, um, all gloves are off. And so we, this decade is going to be a very interesting decade for a lot of people. And it's a matter of, you know, how much are you willing to lose in this game? And so if you're going to take some losses, I feel more comfortable being responsible for those losses so that I don't have anyone to point the blame to other than myself for not educating myself. Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. Mike. 
Yeah, hi there. Got a little inter interference there. Uh, can you? I'm not sure if it's on my end or yours, but go ahead. Let me see if I can hear you. All right, give me a call back. We'll try to get you on here. And so we're going to keep moving right along. And I got a couple articles I want to share with you about things to uh, anticipate for this upcoming week. And I thought this was something worth bringing to your attention. Let me open up some windows, copy, let me paste some things real quick, and then share with you some of my thoughts on these things here. So let's see if we can get this call back in. Uh, here we go. All right, caller, what's your name? Where you calling from? Yep. Hi there. What's what's on your mind? Area. Yep. Go ahead. Hello. All right. So do me a favor. Try to call from a different phone line, and then we'll get you on here. And so here's the article I want to pull up right here. If it'll pop up, give me one second. So here's the article I want to share right here. It is the economic calendar, top five things to watch this week. And so this is what they're sh uh, sharing with us from the mainstream news, of which I think from a, a speculating standpoint, these are going to be some topics that uh, you guys might want to keep an eye on because I think they will play a big role in uh, the outcomes of these markets this week. And so the first one is the China PMI data to shock markets. And so as China continues to contract, I think that we're going to have more uh, things that will really bring into question uh, this economic recovery and this trade deal. Hello, Carla. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Illinois. Illinois. How you doing, my friend? What's on your mind? I'm great. I'm great. I'm wearing a big gold chain living the life, bro. <laughs> a big gold chain. Okay, Man. that sounds good. I got a quick prediction. Go ahead. Basically, for anybody that's in like panic mode about the stock market right now, mm -hmm. I want them to know that basically what I think is going to happen is they're just running it down right now, mm -hmm. so they can run it back up during mm -hmm. the during the election. Good call. Good call. And I would say that that I, is definitely a possibility. I, I can I can concur with that one. Go ahead. I just wanted to call in and say that, Mike. I've been wanting to call for a while, but we'll let somebody else get through in another day. Hey, sounds good. I appreciate you for sharing that because I'm about to share my two cents on that same thing. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. No problem, guys. Thank right. you. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I like that because that is my thoughts as well. I believe that, uh, and like, like I said, don't panic. Don't panic. The Federal Reserve is going to get involved this week probably. And so um, the buy and the dip aspect, I think, probably comes in handy to those that are technical, like those that are willing to look into profit off of this. They're going to be buying a dip. It's going to probably be the big, the big, big money. They'll buy these dips. And then because the, once the Federal Reserve announced that they're going to get involved, then that's when it's going to go to dial 30,000 by, you know, probably next month or whatever. And they're going to say, oh, see, Donald Trump will tweet again. Oh, see, everything is everything is fine now. Don't worry. I told you. And so one of the things where it's going to drop, going to go. Da -da -da -da. But here's the thing. Here's a here's a gamble. Here's the concerns that I would have is that it's if it's artificially pumped up, that means it's not the real consumers out there investing. The millennials and younger, their majority of them are not involved in this rally. So who's actually buying these things? But they're just being bought by central banks. Therefore, when it's time to sell, what are you really getting? Are you getting any real value? My question. Hello, Carlos. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Mike, Tony from Oakland. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good now, Tony. What's up, my man? 
Oh, nothing much, man. I, I think you, you're on point when you say that he, uh, he bent to a one. I encourage you, if you get a chance, to uh, look up uh, the 2019 World Military um, uh, Games. Mm -hmm. um, they were held in Wuhan at the same time. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, the other thing is, I, I believe you're right on the stock market tip, because they got to get this thing figured out in the next couple of weeks, mm -hmm. uh, because March Madness is starting. Ooh. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, because they ain't going to cancel March Madness, that's for sure. Yeah, that is true. And then on top of that, um, like me and Mr. Paul Habdahl was talking about the Olympics uh, this summer. And so I watched a couple articles about Tokyo. They're saying they're still going to have it. They're still going to go through. And then my, my, my indicator for whether or not it's going to actually go through is whether or not President Trump makes that official call come, you know, April, May. If things do get out of hand, like I'm anticipating it will, as a part of this controlled experiment that's underway, I think that President Trump might call it. And if the USA don't show up, there is no Olympics. So think about the billions that will be lost and all that stuff that go into that, which, you know, but before we get to that point, there's going to be more closures and defaults on debt and all other types of problems anyway. But the central banks will definitely get involved in the month of March, hands down. Oh, yeah, definitely. They have to. They have to. They're just chomping at the bit to get, uh, put some more money into this market. Exactly. Uh, the 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 other thing is uh, when when you talk about uh, the stock market, there's no way that the something like this disease should uh, affect our stock market like that. And it didn't even here yet. Imagine when it gets here, what's it going to do to the stock market? Mm -hmm. Good point. Now, that's, here's a good thing. Here's a here's a here's something to play along with that same thing. If all the if all the impacted areas. Uh, have cases that are borderline severe, primarily, you know, a couple in Europe, Scandinavian countries and Asia, those markets should be tanking, but those funds should be running into the U.S. Given Correct. the fact that we're the leading in health and, you know, President Trump held up that sign saying that John Hopkins rated us number one in all this. And isn't it quite interesting that John Hopkins also hosted the Bill and Melinda Gates thing and they also rated us number one prepared for this whole crisis? Don't you find it a little funny? I, I, I find that funny. Also, if... Uh, uh, you you look up the uh, the uh, the World Games, and also there was another one that's it's, it's called Operation Dark Winter. They were part of that, and it was an exercise mm -hmm. for um, a pandemic. Uh, you know, this is just 2005. They did this, I believe it was. So they prepared. But, uh, yeah, they, I don't trust the World Health Organization and people that are are going around talking about the China's lying about their numbers. I would encourage them to do the numbers. Uh, themselves rather than rely on somebody else and think that they're right. Right. Uh, because the numbers show that there's less than 2,500 people that died. And if you look at the real numbers, there's less than 50 that's died uh, outside of China. Mm. Um, and and for the U.S. to be bringing it up as a, this major pandemic for just 50 some odd people is, is kind of weird to me. Yeah, uh, I would agree. And so as I mentioned, right, brother, keep your head up. I appreciate you. As I mentioned in the beginning of this, you know, a lot of things should be brought into question. Problem is the mainstream will tell us one thing and the majority of the people don't question the mainstream. Therefore, you're going to have everybody saying that it is as severe as uh, the mainstream paints it, of which it's the same mainstream media that uh, at the end of last year went on a campaign to make it or to, to spread the word of recessionary fears. Like all fall was all talk about recession, recession, recession at a time where, you know, obviously it wasn't. It wasn't time for the markets to really reflect the true recession. But now all of a sudden there is. 
And we're not hearing much about those numbers. We're hearing about the numbers of impacted. And, and so there's always something to throw on top to get people looking over here while all the activity happens over there. So not to say that this is not just a, a something to be concerned with because people are losing their lives. So I'm not trying to you know minimize this and say this is you know not real, but I'm saying that there's more to the story and we should just always question exactly what we're being told. So, but let me get back to this article here. Um, and so it talks about uh, economic five, top five things to watch this week. I'm not going to actually go into depth about it, but what I'm going to do is scan through it. The very first one is China PMX data to shock the markets. So it says data on Saturday show uh, factory activity in China contracted at its fastest ever in February, even worse than during the great financial crisis. So look at this. So just the fact that China is shut down, there will be consequences to that. That will cause a ripple effect throughout the planet in the supply chain and all the other things. And then China is going to have an unimaginable amount of debt defaults. Therefore, the Chinese central bank will in inject trillions upon trillions to prop up the system as long as they can, which ultimately it will, as I said before, fiscal response for a monetary crisis causes a collapse on your everyday person that saves in yuans and everything else. And that's just the leading, one of the leading nations on this planet because they are, um, that, you know, China is China is China. So China is the number one producer on the planet and they're not producing right now. So what do you think is going to happen? You tell me. Next one is the Fed and the U.S. data it says surveys of the U.S. manufacturing uh, manufacturing activity from the mar market and Institute of Supply Management on Monday will give investors a chance to assess the economic impact of the virus. So two major corporations will give data tomorrow. And if China's collapsing, Therefore, their data might not be the most favorable. Expect the market response to that as well. And then it says Friday's U.S. farm pay non-farm payrolls report for February will be watched. It says the consensus forecast points to non-farm payrolls gaining. Okay, gaining, right, okay. And then several Fed speakers are due to make appearances this week. So we're going to have Fed President Loretta Mester. We got James Bullard and Robert Kaplan and Neil Kashkari. Kash so we're going to have five Federal Reserve people going to share their thoughts and so right now i heard something about all central bankers right now are meeting around the planet i think don't don't hold me to that but if they are meeting they've all come up with their stimulating packages and it's going to be very favorable for them but not favorable for those that are caught in the middle of this collision super tuesday we got all the democratic we got the party mess the you know political party mess 14 states will cast ballots as the race for the democratic race presidential nomination intensifies so once again, we're going to have a lot of concerns over that. The more the Democratic Party gains traction and momentum and the more either Bernie Sanders or whoever else gets a lead, the markets will be impacted because the Democratic Party has to go full-fledged socialism this next, next, next round. And they're going to inject and create and borrow. You know, they've already taken our children's future, but they're going to take our children's 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 future. Says Bank of Canada to make preemptive rate cuts, question mark. I would imagine Canada is in a hot mess right now. And so they will be cutting rates. They cannot raise rates. No central banks, in my opinion, can raise rates at this current moment ever again until there's a reboot of the system. Therefore, the collision. OPEC facing challenges of slumping demand outlook. So once again, I don't follow the energy sector, but it says Friday saw the lowest closes for Brent and West crude W2I since December 2018. For the week, Brent lost 14% as biggest weekly percentage decline since January 2016. And W2I fell over 16% in the biggest weekly percentage drop 
over December 2008. So energy sector is not doing well. And we know how much debt has been put into the energy markets to keep this thing afloat over the last umpteen years. Therefore, it's going to be a problem. And as I recall, as I'm as I'm reading this right now, I'm realizing that I, I don't think I was actually was I scrolling on the right screen. So, yeah. So hopefully you guys got a chance to see all that stuff I was scrolling throughout and talking about. And so if you did not, I'll put in the chat so you guys can see it for yourself. So with that being the case, uh, going to get ready to dial back. I want to check in for a quick minute. And then just to end this thing, I want to look at as of now what it looks like on the indexes futures. And so a good indicator or, or lead into tomorrow will be what happens on the futures market. So as of now, let's just take a quick glance. I'll try to go full screen if I can. So as of now, you know, there's a little green leading into tomorrow, but there's a little green leading to some days last week and we saw what happened. So it might open in the green, but unless the Federal Reserve gets involved directly, it's going to go in the red again, is my personal opinion. But it will go down, um, you know, substantially. Probably, you know, we, we could have another thousand, thousand point uh, type day tomorrow or 500, no matter what. But we're already down 12, 13 percent in total off all three indexes. So I would anticipate uh, starting of green, but more red, because all those things I just mentioned and the five things to watch this week will all come back negative. And so therefore. It's going to go back into the red, and then the Federal Reserve will eventually get involved within the next, you know, I, I think that their next meeting is supposed to be in March, but yet I think there's going to be an emergency meeting possibly either before that or they'll try to hold off and, until their uh, regular scheduled meeting and, uh, you know, go from there. So uh, with that being the case, getting ready to dial back, I just want to check in, share my thoughts, but yet anticipating start of green, a lot of red. Because of the, the data we're going to get, the numbers we're going to get, if they're true and genuine, then they're going to be negative. And if they're negative, you should expect a response in the negative itself. Therefore, it's only a matter of time before more investors, you know, how many weeks, let me ask you, if you're, if you're a person invested heavily into this old financial system, how many weeks or days can you stomach before you say, hey, let me call, let me call somebody and try to get a little something out of this system or remove this. And so that's just you individually. Imagine all the people around this country and Canada and all the developed nations also making that same call. And I also saw in a chat of like Fidelity, somebody mentioned about um, a couple of, uh, of the retirement holding companies for people like holding trading, shutting down trading. I saw some about in Canada, um, I don't want to throw out any false names, but there's, you know, some major fiduciaries just, uh, you know, questioning whether or not they can deliver or actually process some of your uh, your your transactions. And so, therefore, you know, it's going to it's going to lock you in a system. So anticipate being locked in a system the moment the people decide to, hey, I may I should call and try to see about moving into a, a cash uh, mutual money market fund account just to take a little skin out of the game. And thus, therefore, may not be able to do that as well. So. But once again, I'm not a professional trader or a professional financial advisor. Uh, I just share my thoughts with you guys and try to get a get a lay of the land based upon what you guys are feeling on the street. So um, if that being the case, I appreciate everybody for taking time to hang out with me. Um, if you've enjoyed this back and forth, having a chance to call in, we'll do a lot of more, a lot more of that this week. And uh, definitely curious to hear your thoughts, because these are all things that uh, 
you're going to be you're going to be confronted with if you haven't already. And hopefully you are able to maneuver, manage. And, uh, you know, as I always say, get your weight up. You can't go wrong being heavy in a good sense. And so once again, if the financial establishment is designed to keep you in it, utilizing their product, which, ha which happens to be fiat currency, the antidote for that whole problem happens to be things that are constant, things that come from the earth directly as just the safest of safest in the financial sense. I mean, you know, don't put your trust and confidence in metals. Put your trust in the Lord himself and uh, he'll see you through this. So I'm um, going to get into a lot of that more stuff as well, because I want to really I think more people will be un unnerved a lot in the next couple of weeks. And I imagine if your entire financial world is being shaken, that you're going to be uh, spiritually a little bit down and drained. So I want to also be of encouragement to a lot of people. And so today is Sunday. So, you know, the Lord put a good word in my heart. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is a subject matter that, you know, most people may not be conscious of or aware of. And it happens to be with kingdom economics. And that's a subject matter that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you know, I ain't gonna say well versed in, but the Lord is doing some good works for me there. So um, I'm excited to share more of that stuff with you guys for those that are interested. But not everybody might want to hear that, but it will be available if you are. And it also, it's been a while since I've done something on uh, my other YouTube channel, which is the podcast. And so I actually, I'll, I'll share with you guys, Justin March, have a blessed day. I appreciate you for sharing that love offering. And so I'll actually, I want to plug it up because I have some, some stuff I'm doing over there that uh, really excites me. And that's my contribution, as I like to call it. I believe right now will be the best time to work on your contribution to humanity. And so you have your life's work and then you have your working life. Your working life is what you do on a daily basis to provide income on a short term. But your life's work is something you should work on that will see you through all this chaos and through the concept of retirement and hopefully leave, leave a little fruit here for future generations to be blessed upon. And so I think this is all tied into something that I believe the Lord's put on my heart. So Giftpreneur, I encourage you guys to go subscribe to that. I got a video I'm going to be putting out soon, working on an ebook for that channel that uh, will definitely be a blessing because it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm tired of ranting. But anyway, be blessed, be safe. I will see you guys on the flip side. If you've enjoyed this, share this video, put it out there, because once again, this, you won't hear this on your mainstream channel. I don't speak from a teleprompter. This is all just straight from the, straight from a, from the heart. So with that being the case, uh, be blessed, be safe, and I will see you guys later. Got a lot of interviews coming this week, so definitely want to subscribe and stay tuned. Peace.